0: Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of REACH. Today, I am joined by a dear, dear, dear and former candidate of Maven's. This was back in her EA days, Tiffany Hofton. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for being here and coming up from other parts of the state <laughs> to join us. I appreciate that so much. Did I say your last name right? Houghton. Houghton. You were good. Okay. That good. Oh, you didn't correct me, but thank you. Houghton. Um, we first met Tiffany in 2016, so super excited to be reconnecting on this forum. Tiffany's current role is Growth Partnerships at Poshmark. Um, for those of you who don't know Poshmark, I'm sure we'll we'll get an earful about them today, but they are basically like a luxury brand reseller, right? Not just luxury. We we like to
1: say we're everything: secondhand, new tags, and luxury. But it's it's a social marketplace built by everyday people who have things to sell whether it's they're casual sellers and they're selling things that they just no longer wear or never wore um, or they are an active you know posh ambassador seller and this is their full-time job wow yeah so it's a big community that's amazing
0: i was looking at prior to our podcast that there's a transaction every second yes that's crazy
1: we have 80 million registered users. So. I mean, that's
0: mind-boggling. Big. A transaction in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, as I mentioned, her current role, Tiffany's current role, is growth partnerships at Poshmark. But Tiffany started at Poshmark supporting the CEO, I which she did for about two and a half years. Tiffany's roots as an EA go deep. She also supported the founder and creator of Android at one point in her career, so she's definitely not a stranger to this profession. In this episode, Tiffany Tiffany and I are going to be sharing her story, um, and specifically everything from how she wound up in the EA role, to what she loved about her time um, as an executive assistant, to the moment when she realized that she was actually ready to pivot away from the EA position, as well as all the ways in which the EA role has served her and particularly been a great training ground for her current role. While we're huge advocates of the EA career path, as all of our listeners know, we also know that there are those whose inclinations and desires may cause them to go elsewhere, professionally speaking. So we feel that there's also really great value in talking about those guest stories and people who have also transitioned from the, from the profession. So, let's get started with finding out, first and foremost, what attracted you to the EA position and what led you to your first EA role?
1: I was working as a teller at US Bank and a customer of mine who came in on a daily basis, I was doing his transaction and he says, hey, do you want to join my team? You can be my executive assistant. I thought he was joking, so I kind (laughs) of laughed it off and then I realized he was serious. He was um, the head of a commercial real estate company, an industry I knew absolutely nothing about, and I had no idea what an executive assistant role entailed. So I went home and I Googled it, executive assistant job description, (laughs) and I just remember specific words standing out to me, like executive's right hand, extension of the executive, Big thinking, client facing, jack of all traits, gatekeeper. And I thought, wow, seems like a lot of responsibility, (laughs) (laughs) but really exciting. Um, I have a deep passion for helping others. And so when I was reading everything, I just kept thinking the impact of this role sounds perfect for me. I also pride myself in that anything I don't know, I can figure out. That's what Google's for, right? (laughs) Just Google it. Um, So the fear of taking on a new role in an industry I didn't know anything about or even a role that I didn't even know existed didn't hold me back. Little did I know that career change and experience was going to open up a ton of possibilities for me later on.
0: So you obviously accepted his offer. I did. Next day, I mean, he
1: was wasting zero time. He came in and was like, do you have an answer?
0: Wow. I wonder, I mean, it's not hard to imagine what he saw in you because, I mean, just being in the same space as you, I can see like what a vibrant and warm and affectionate human you are and you you bring a lot of a lot of energy to your interaction. So I can imagine that those were things that that he also recognized. But I'm curious what what he saw and what made him go, yeah, like she's got this, you know,
1: it's interesting because I asked him that question um, about two weeks into us working together and he always said you were always on top of it. Hmm. And sometimes you would know what I needed before I even came in. Mm. And, of course, those are qualities that, you know, an executive wants in their EA. Mm -hmm. You were already client-facing. You know, I worked with you as a client. So I knew you on that side. I knew you could communicate. I knew you were fun and personable. And And that
0: there was chemistry there. I think that's that rapport that, Mm -hmm. like, just do we click kind of?
1: Yeah, I mean, because we're talking years. I had been at the bank for like five years. So I knew him and he came in every day. That's great. I love that.
0: What a great story. It's funny because we've had other guests who have sort of found themselves in this career somewhat by happenstance as well. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how and these are people who are, you know, having really wonderful careers and have like really connected to and found their calling and passion in this profession. It's just interesting that, you know, just hear how people get their start and how often that seems to be kind of a theme, you know? Yeah. Love it. So at what point in this EA career that you were a part of, did you realize that you wanted to pivot to something else? And on that on that note you know what was it about growth partnerships that spoke to you and also can we just say what is growth partnerships that's <laughs> a great question <laughs> Maybe we should start with the basics <laughs> and we can reverse into it
1: yeah we can start with what, oh, what, what is it? we can start with what is growth partnerships for poshmark because here's go. the thing like the unique thing about poshmark is a lot of the things that you would Take a job title doesn't necessarily transfer to other jobs. So, for Poshmark, Growth Partnerships is a team that focuses on meaningful campaigns with our partners. So, our partners could be influencers, celebrities, like minded brands, organizations. And really, the main goal is to drive and bring awareness to the brand and also engage with new users. Because as a company, you have got to keep growing. So that's what our main goals are.
0: And do you work across all of those different sectors and, and populations of people? So you're doing, uh, you know, c- other brands that are compatible with yours, you're also doing influencers, you're also reaching out to celebrities, you're also reaching out to partnerships, like you're doing all of that?
1: So we're a team of six. Okay. Um, my Main goal and focus is celebrities. Okay. I'm on the celebrity side. but um, So
0: everybody just hates you a little bit more right now. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no, but our team is very like collaborative. We all work on the same things. Yeah. And we're starting the, the like-minded brands and organizations is actually a new thing for coming into 2022. We've done a little bit of it, but not a lot. The, we were really big on influencer. Celebrities kind of evolved over the last two years. And then now we're looking into the brand and organizations.
0: And so what does that look like? Like you guys sit in 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 a room together or metaphorically a room together and you brainstorm different people that you think would be a good extension of the brand or we'd love to get so-and-so for this campaign and then – and then what happens? And you reach out to them or you contact the people that manage them or what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So the growth team is a huge cross-functional, like collaborative with the rest of the team's social media, PR, brand. Because what we're doing is we're identifying moments that we want to create a campaign around. So that's the first step is like, what are the moments that we want to lean into Then we kind of think about the potential deliverables, but you can't really think them all the way through because it's gonna vary depending on the talent. Because ultimately a partnership, you want both parties to benefit and it has to make sense for it to be authentic. So we have a good idea of what the campaign is, the messaging is gonna be. And then we look at who is the audience we're trying to target. If it's Gen Z, okay, Gen Z, is it male or female? And if it's Mm. female and the campaign's about sustainability, what Gen Z celebrities are passionate about sustainability? And how do we like marry that together? Um, And so that's kind of the process. And as you can imagine, there could be a list of people. And so sometimes we'll reach out direct. Uh, That's our preferred way. Sometimes we go through agencies. Um, Sometimes it's we've worked with a previous partner and they refer us. So there's different ways.
0: What's a campaign that you've been a part of that stands out as something that you're really proud of or just something that you feel like, you know, you really had to a, a, put your stamp on?
1: That's a good question. We've done a lot, but I can't tell you about the December one because it's not launched okay, yet. <laughs> fair.
0: Um, that'll be but that one's really exciting.
1: But the <laughs> other one um, has been, I have loved working with Busy Phillips.
0: Mm. She is
1: somebody who Maybe not everyone knows who she is, but her fans and her following love and adore her and support her in everything she does. And what I thought was really powerful with Busy is it was right during pandemic and, you know, celebrities didn't have a ton of work and had to, like, think outside of the box. And she created a podcast, Mm. which I've listened to. And I'm like, this is so funny that I'm not doing a podcast, Um, but never did I think I'd be on a podcast. But she wanted to reach a new audience you know she was starting something new and she was talking about busy's just trying to figure it out she's just trying to live life in this COVID world and so we had such a great audience for her so I was really excited by that campaign Um, she did exceptionally well and her fans are just shout out to busy's fans they are amazing
0: that's lovely cool so okay so you've Explain to us what growth partnerships is yes. at Poshmark, which is great context for this. So, I guess to to backtrack into the the first part of the question, what did you? At what point did you realize that you wanted to kind of take your career in a different direction? And what was it about the growth partnerships opportunity within Poshmark that spoke to you?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to kind of take it back a bit. Um, before Poshmark, I was the sixth employee for a startup, Essential. They were in a hyper-growth state with some big business ambitions. And everyone was a recruiter. Didn't matter what you were Mm. hired on to do, you're a recruiter. That was our priority. So it was my first in recruiting. But obviously, we, we did have titles and still had to do that in parallel to expanding. And so I really had to lay the groundwork implementing processes and procedures and helping to create that culture that we wanted in this fast-paced environment I had to learn to be resourceful but what you do as an EA to a CEO in a early startup is so different from what you do as an EA to a CEO with a company that's four years in Mm -hmm. and so in my time with Poshmark as an EA we had some great achievements The first was the launch of or the announcement of our Series D funding, so going through raising money. Um, The next was we started off as just women and we expanded to the men's and kids apparel. We about tripled in headcount, so we had to relocate our headquarters. Serena Williams joined our board of directors, and we started our international expansion growth and we launched in Canada. So between the two, I had just about checked off all the things, you know, company success that I wanted to be a part of and my own personal goals of being in the EA role, except for an IPO.
0: Mm. (laughs) Um,
1: And at no point was I unhappy being an EA. I liked what I did. But I was curious, curious as to where I could take my career. How could I take all these skills that I had perfected as an EA and apply them to something new and develop new skills? I also really wanted a change of scenery. So I grew up in the Bay Area, lived here my whole life, haven't been to San Francisco much, (laughs) as we talked about. (laughs) And I had this dream of living in Southern California.
0: So a nice dream. Yeah. I, I get it. I have that dream too some days.
1: So my personality, it's like, why not just do it all? Let's move and start a new job. I had no idea that the option to stay with Poshmark was even an option.
0: Okay, so that's interesting. So is that did did the conversations about the growth partnerships role come about? Because I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, br- I'm racing ahead. You are. I don't want to steal your thunder. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be quiet now. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, no, yes, that did come um, later on when I had that conversation with Manish, but that wasn't what I was planning. I was l- planning on just finding a new job once right. I moved, or looking for a new job once I moved in a new career.
0: Got it. Okay, so you have this, like you said, you not dissatisfaction, kind of on the contrary, like you were actually living and and having a really fulfilling experience as an EA. Mm-hmm. But there was this this inkling of, you know, how can I pull everything together and what other pathways might be available to me? So that's kind of where we where we land. So how does the growth partnerships come to be in terms of I mean, I understand you were basically, it sounds like resigning. Um, mm-hmm. And so your CEO very intelligently was like, I'm not going to let this great talent walk out of the door. What can we do to retain her? So how did that, how did that come about? And how did you guys land on this as the, as the direction that you were going to go?
1: Yeah. So one of the things I absolutely love about Poshmark is that they encourage management to have conversations with employees about growth and professional development. So Manish knew my interests outside of the EA role. He also knew I wanted to live in Southern California. So neither of that came to shock to him, at least I don't think. Um, But because of these conversations, you know, we had talked about business development or, you know, partnerships, some type of role in that. But I don't think either one of us thought it would happen two and a half years into my journey. And in fact, one of the reasons I started or took the role at Poshmark was because Manish has promoted all of his EAs. Mm. And they all still work with him.
0: Wow. At Poshmark? At Poshmark. Oh, interesting. And that was
1: huge for me. That said a lot about him. And I was honest in the interview that I didn't know if I wanted to be a career EA.
0: Hmm.
1: I still don't know what it is I want to do in life, right? So that would be hard for me to tell him. Yeah, I want to be a career EA. So I was really transparent with him.
0: And he goes, perfect, because none of my EAs are career EAs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Which is why I was like just so drawn to him and the company. Because I saw that they really do Growth is important to them, not just as a company, but with their employees. And so, when the time came for the conversation, I was just planning on going in and telling him that I was moving to Southern California and that I wanted to tell him before I started interviewing, Casey found out. You know, I just wanted to be transparent with him. And so, I remember I walked in before this conversation even started, I started crying. <laughs> and I don't even like crying in front of people. So, I, and he was just like looking at me like, uh, he didn't know what was coming. And then I got myself together and I just blurted it out. I'm moving to Southern California and I wanted to let you know before I started interviewing. And I just like kind of looked at him. And the sweet soul that he is and the empathetic person that he is, he said, okay, let's talk about it. And so we talked about the reasons why I wanted to move and why now versus, or like, what was my timeline. And then he said to me, would you consider staying with Poshmark, but just in a different role? I was shocked. I mean, to say I was relieved and ecstatic. I didn't even know what the role was, but I was like, yes, I'll do it. (laughs) You know, because I was just, I was so excited I got to stay with Poshmark. And all the things that he had taught me, like I knew, no matter what the role was, I, I knew I know Poshmark so well now because of being his assistant that I I would be successful in whatever mm-hmm. it was, and it just so happened to be we had a team already, small team in LA, on the growth side that's trying to build build partnerships, and that was one of my interests.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, it's a wonderful story. Thank you. And I I just love when <clears throat> executives. when they when they care enough to really intervene you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and are solution oriented like that and and don't look at it as like an ego thing of like oh she's leaving the role or whatever but he's like no he's like this is a great individual how can we how can we repurpose her talent and leverage it elsewhere in the organization like it's just it's it's lovely you know yeah
1: i mean i that conversation couldn't have turned out any better. No. It was not at all what I was expecting. And I just I was I'm still just so grateful for him.
0: So as you just explained, you had like this unbelievable moment um, when you were you know, asked to join this growth partnerships team. Was there any nerves on your end at all as far as like you know, you were ready to make the leap, obviously, to do something different. But but was there any part of you that was a little bit anxious about your ability to be successful doing something entirely new and entirely different than what you'd ever attempted?
1: So that's the beauty of being an EA, because in my opinion and in my experience, being an EA is the best seat in the house. It's a role like no other with great opportunity And what was so valuable of my time with Manish is that I got to learn the ropes of the business directly from the company's leader. I had insights to the company as a whole. I got to watch how he thinks, works, communicates his vision with all these departments. And so I felt really confident That after being alongside him for two and a half years, partnerships especially would be a great role because I know how to tell her story. So I wasn't – I wasn't nervous. I was excited. And I think, again, just going back to walking in there, I already had in my mindset that I was moving on to something else. I didn't know it was going to be within Poshmark. But that curiosity of what is life in Southern California and – what are some new challenges I can take on? It's like that saying, constantly think about it, probably should just go for it. So I had mentally been prepared for that. And this was just like the cherry on top of the ice cream. I was like, oh my God, I get to stay with the company too. And I'm already like, I know so much about it. Like this is my time to spread my wings. And so it was really, I wasn't, I was excited.
0: I love that. I mean, it's like, not only are you a, really kind of released to do the brand ambassador work and the partnership work, but you're also like a Manesh ambassador, right? Mm -hmm. Because like you said, I mean, you've really like, you've absorbed his way of thinking, his point of view. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is to your point about the best seat in the house. I mean, that's the beauty of the EA role is that the stuff that other people aren't in on they're not on on the inside track on you know other people are not part of those intimate discussions around the direction that the company is headed what where the company may be vulnerable or where the company is you know putting its efforts on developing you know um new products or new initiatives or whatever like they're not necessarily privy to that stuff not at all but as an executive assistant or as a you know a c-suite member you are but I mean, what what an empowering place to start this new this new role from. Like, I I love that. I mean, it was such such a smart smart decision on his part and also on your part to really deploy you in that way. Um, Yeah, it's it's also
1: why I say if I were to ever want to try something new, going back to an EA role is not something that I'm opposed to. It just like you said, it gives you so much knowledge and insight that's so powerful in growing. It's To me, it's like the stepping stone, right? It's mm-hmm. like that's how you and you figure out things that you might. I never knew I wanted to be in partnerships and here I am.
0: So you touched on this a little bit, but I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the ways in which you think your years as an executive assistant really helped prepare you for the role that you're in today, and and you previously said you know that nothing can really catch you off guard, you know like you're you're sort of you you're you come prepared all the time because that's the nature of your role. So I love that anecdote, but I'd be curious to hear other ways in which this role was really like a the EA role was really a dress rehearsal for where you are right now.
1: Yeah, I mean I think the EA role in general is a dress rehearsal for all jobs, right? I just think it's such a great starting point, but. As an EA, you wear many hats. Your hands are always in everything, and every day is different. And honestly, it's probably the reason why I stayed in the EA role so long, because I love that change, and I was able to you know, be exposed to so much and, and build my skill sets, and a lot of those skill sets I'm still using now that I might not have known how to use had it not been that EA role. And so Networking. You know, EAs and partnerships, you talk to so many people, both internally and externally. So knowing how to build relationships is key. Being a strategic partner. Planning ahead, not just for the week, but for the month, for the quarter and beyond. That's something we have to look at in partnerships. Persuasion. (laughs) Uh, You know, EA, you're constantly persuade, you know. Got to work on the vendor contracts and how do you get things cheaper in partnerships. I'm just doing agreement contracts. It's pretty much the same thing. Anticipation and reading people. I think that's a big one. Not just for jobs, but life. As an EA, you have to be thinking one step ahead of your exact. And to do that successfully, you have to learn their patterns, their mannerisms, their likes, their dislikes, to be aware all the time. You're not just your life. You're helping run theirs. In both of my tech EA roles, I was the only admin. I was the only EA. Mm. So there's a leadership team, and my title's EA to CEO, but I was really helping assist them as well in both of them. And so I had a lot of practice with with this particular skill set. And when I'm talking to partners now, I can quickly pick up on how the conversation is going, and I can identify what's important to them, listen, and then answer with something that's going to spark their interest, or something I hope is going to spark their interest. <laughs> And so the people and the communication skills that you learn in this role, not only is it so valuable in work, but in life. And I think that's probably the biggest one that I'm so grateful for that the CA role taught me.
0: That's so well said. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think too, like, as an executive assistant, particularly at the level that that you were supporting at, right? Um, You know, supporting at the C level and particularly the CEO level, it is a different animal, right? Than when you're supporting a VP um, or, or someone else. You're not necessarily interfacing with the same types of people at that level. But particularly in the role that you were in, I think too, like, just kind of getting over any kind of intimidation elements, right? Because here you are pitching to... You mentioned Busy Phillips, so we can mention that, you know. But but people like that that have kind of a certain clout about them. Um, I think that when you're used to dealing with everybody in the room being an executive officer or being somebody that's acclaimed for something, maybe they invented something or whatever the case may be, or they're a celebrity, but kind of gets you over the the nerves pretty quickly when you that's what you've been doing. You yeah. know, those are that's your everyday. Absolutely. So I have a question for you, Tiffany. You mentioned earlier that, you know, one of the things that you said to Manesh was, I can't promise to be your EA forever because I don't know if I'm a career EA. And I think that's that honesty is is lovely. It really, it, it really is. I mean, not everybody's, not every executive is going to hear that and love that either. <laughs> it's like, it takes a special pairing. And obviously that, that was the case with you two. But I'm curious, like, how do you know when you're done evolving, right? Because you were in the EA role, and you kind of knew that it wasn't maybe going to be your, your position forever and ever. And now you're in growth partnerships. Like, how do you know as a, as a professional and just as a human, like, when have you kind of found it? Or is there such a place in your mind? So I don't think there is such a place for me. For me personally,
1: there's no, like, one position that if I get that position, I've reached my full potential. Even being a CEO of your own company, there's always life after that. There's advisory. There's sitting on a board. So I don't like to put that, like, cap of once I get here, I'm going to stop. And that's just me personally.
0: So for the EAs who have tuned in today and are listening to this program, and they don't necessarily see themselves in the EA role long term, What are your thoughts or recommendations for how they could potentially think about, you know, parlaying this EA experience or reinventing themselves with what they've already learned as an EA?
1: Yeah, so for the EAs, like, one, congrats. This is such a cool role. And if you are listening and are not an EA, I am telling you, take it. (laughs) Find an EA role. Um, But my advice would be a couple things. Learn and take on as much as you can in a healthy, realistic boundary. I don't know that I had that, but be willing to go the extra mile and make a name for yourself. Even if there's an opportunity to collaborate or work on a a project in a department that you're just like, I have no interest in this. Do it anyways. You never know what's going to come from that experience. One of the things I love doing and I still do is meeting with team members from different departments and just saying, like, hey, what are you working on? Let's talk about it. And as an EA, the chances are you know at least the names of all the projects that are happening, but maybe you don't know the full scope of the project. So sit down with a team member. It doesn't have to be your CEO. Sit down with a team member that's working on that project and ask questions. And lastly, one of the things that I feel like we don't do as much in the EA role unless asked is share your ideas. Mm. EAs often come from a very different perspective, and that can make for, for a very powerful impact. I think it's why the CEO of Essential hired me, because I did not any of the qualities or qualifications, I should say, that he wanted. I didn't have a four-year degree, and that's what he wanted. I didn't have years of experience as an EA in tech, and that's what he wanted. (laughs) He's the founder and creator of Android, and I use Apple. (laughs) So, so much was against me. (laughs) But in the interview, again, I think, you know, selling yourself and really knowing uh, what you're good at and your your perspective, even if it doesn't relate, is really valuable um, because a lot of times you're actually who the real client is, right? So for Andy, I'm not an Android user. So if you can convert me, that tells you you can co- probably convert more Apple people. And I can tell you why I love the Apple versus the Android, you know? So it's just – it helps. So don't be nervous to – you know, share your ideas, share your thoughts, even if it's wild, you never know what's going to happen from that.
0: So um, what else do you want to do? And like, what's what's next in the growth (laughs) partnerships track? Like, do you have any like, well, you you alluded to a campaign that you can't tell us about because it's too soon. This is which is fair. So everybody pay attention to what Poshmark (laughs) drops in December, because apparently it's something that (laughs) Tiffany's excited about. But like, what else? What's on your bucket list for what you want to do? And how you want to continue to leave your mark within your current role? You know, I I
1: never have gone into any of this with, like, that figured out. And I kind of just, through experiences, you figure out what that next thing looks like. So I really don't know what the next thing looks like. I love what I'm doing right now. It's still very challenging, and until it becomes not challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think back to my... I have my kindergarten teacher in my head, and she wrote on a report card, which my parents still have to this day, that I will be the CEO of my own company someday. And so that is something that's not in the near future, but it is definitely something that is a goal of mine. Don't ask me what, because I have no idea what that company is going (laughs) to look like. But with my personality and who I am, that is something that I would love to do someday. And so I think for now, it's just continuing to get those experiences to reach a level like that. Maybe it's in partnerships. Maybe there's another change in the direction because, you know, CEO, you got to learn everything. So I don't know. We'll see.
0: Well, you know, we're a fan of that word reach. (laughs) (laughs) So all for it. All right. I have a final question for you. Yes. You probably know what it is. Yes. Yes. Okay, (laughs) you're ready for it. So, if you could support anyone in the world, who would you choose to support and why? I love this question, by the way.
1: I will be honest, the authentic side of me, it probably changes all the time. <laughs> but for today, I'm going to go with Ruth, Ruth Ginsburg. Uh-huh. Yep. Incredible human. Mm-hmm. And such an influential woman. And I really admired and still admire her fight for social justice. So she would be my today's pick.
0: Well, this has been so much fun. I I suspected that you were going to be fun. And it's uh, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yay! I hope everyone else yeah. had fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I think this really is. It's such a testament to... What this role can can be, and how you can really leverage it so effectively, whether for you know, as in the service of a future role or or just leveraging it and making the most of it while you're in it and and staying in it, right? But there's mm-hmm. just it's there's so much to it, and I think the way that you described how it really led you to your current position is just really wonderful. And I'm also curious. I didn't I didn't ask you at the time, but you mentioned that all of Manesh's um, former executive assistants are still working at the company. what What types of things do they do?
1: yeah, they're they're all um, so his very first one. So Poshmark's been around. We're about to celebrate ten years. Okay. So Leanne heads up our community team. And Julin is on the HR side. Um, and then Amanda Pham is also in human resources, so she transitioned to that role too. And then myself. How about that? Yeah. yeah. So it's those really were his cool. four EAs over 10 years. And yeah. then of course he has his current EA.
0: So Right. Very good. Thank you for joining us. Of
1: course. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be back in the Maven world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrec.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.